Hey everybody, it is Damara West. I am founder of Be Well Beautiful Woman. We want you to put wellness first and business second so that you can lead an abundant, joyful life. We bring you our podcast today and I am so delighted that I have an amazing guest with us that I guarantee you are going to learn so much from. And so I don't want to keep you. Um, I want to dive right into the interview and then I'll have some announcements at the very end um, because I know that we're faced with COVID-19, which has wreaked havoc right on, the, on this country, on our world. And um, we are doing our very best to have a positive perspective and to make sure that we're meeting you exactly where you are on this journey. And our guest today is definitely gonna help with this. And once again, I'll have some announcements at the very end. So without further ado, Melissa Dawn Simpkins is in the building today. She is a renowned leadership expert. Her background includes consulting for the likes of Procter & Gamble and Kraft, as well as celebrities such as Shania Twain, Mary J. Blige, Common, Hill Harper, Carmelo Anthony, and more. She has devoted her career to helping women take their careers and personal lives to the next level through strategic personal branding, developing key leadership skills, and discovering personal meaning behind success. Melissa, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. This is going to be fun. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited too. Yes. So let's dive into the very first question. So, you know, in the midst of COVID-19, I heard that you impressively moved the live She Sweet Summit online in less than 36 hours. I don't know anybody who's done that, so I can't wait to really dig into this. I want you to shed light on how you did this and what you learned in the process. Sure. I'm, I'm literally just coming off of that experience. And um, let me tell you, I still feel like I need a nap. But uh, the truth <laughs> of the matter is, is that um, I, I guess I should start back with the She Sweet Summit. I always believe in starting with why. And the She Sweet Summit, for your audience who may not be aware, it's, it's, an, it's a live event that we host annually. It's our fifth year. It's really the premier um, place for personal brand leadership for women. And we do, you know, well over six months of planning. And we had 17 speakers. Um, we, it's a full day. Um, strategic sponsors as well as community partners. All of our content is around work and well-being, so very much in the sweet spot of what you do here. And we were scheduled to have the event on March 13th, Friday, March 13th. Great day, right? <laughs> and then Wednesday afternoon, um, the announcement that World Health Organization called COVID-19 a global pandemic. Now, what we went from 300 attendees to like 250 to 240, and I was just holding my breath from Monday to Friday, like, okay, if I can just get to Friday, we will go through this event and it'll happen and we'll be done. And Wednesday, it just started to fall apart. I mean, we were losing people left and right, companies were banning travel. And then when who came out and said, this is a global pandemic, forget about it. And we literally had a window in that afternoon to say, okay, are we gonna cancel? Are we gonna move forward? And if we move forward, how are we gonna reschedule? And at that moment, it was very hard for me to let go of what I had in my head as the outcome. 
and all the work that we had done and all of the things that we were going to do live and in person, and all the gifts we were going to give and all of the experience that we were going to have. And um, I had to really just be honest and say, this is not going to happen. I had to pull myself aside, have a talk with myself, Melissa, this is not going to happen the way that you want it and you can't control it. And you can, but you do have a choice. You know, you can choose to lead through this. And by leading through this, this is a great opportunity for you to practice what you preach to all of these women. And I knew that there were women who were showing up. I knew that people needed a message of support and help and inspiration. And so I said, you know what, team, we had created a vivid vision prior to the event happening online. And that vivid vision was a part of how we lead through a process called MVP, helping people discover mission, vision, purpose. And so our vivid vision was going to happen. It was just going to happen differently. And so literally um, that Wednesday evening, we went at the hotel all day, Thursday, we were practicing with 17 speakers who all said, yes, I'm in for it. I will do it from all places around the country. Um, we were going through developing and testing our technology, all of the communication crisis management strategy to participants, to sponsors, to community partners, to social media. And literally we had two to three minute preps with everybody. Uh, we got our MC on and we totally redrafted a full day script and helped her, you know, who was just phenomenal to lead us through this experience. And literally that Friday morning at 8.30, we were on, actually eight o'clock, we started. We had a DJ that was gonna be opening up the day, a female DJ, she was awesome and she created a whole online mix. And we did all of this and we changed our videos to online. So it was all of this shifting, turning, moving. And the, at the end of the day, we had um, an event that was going to be at our largest number up to 300 attendees. And we held around 200 attendees throughout the day. We had about 450 plus Zoom um, people coming back on and off. So that told us that people were, you know, even if they had to leave their computer, remember this is before people were doing the stay at home work and social distancing had just been announced the day before from the president. So it wasn't like we're where we are now. So we were all trying to figure out what this meant. And it just was, um, to me, an example of, of having a powerful team, having a vision that people can hold on to in a time of crisis, and being your first client, being your first customer. You have to lead by example, not by what you say, but people are looking at your actions. And so I had to really have that talk with myself. And I'm so glad we did not cancel. Could you imagine? trying to get 17 people back together that we planned that one day and that one time, given all that we know now, now know now, it just wouldn't have happened. Yeah. Um, so it was just really important for us to, to stick through our commitment and push through. And thank God it, it all worked out. <laughs> thank God. Abs out. Absolutely. Well, and there was another thing that you, that you talked about and thanks for giving us all those nuggets, right? Because what I was thinking about is you must have a strong team as you were sharing that story. And I think what's important in that is that oftentimes we feel that we have to be jack of all trades, which ends up being master of none. Mm -hmm. And so it's so good that you had folks to help you. And one of the things that I'm always working with entrepreneurs on is outsourcing, right? And so I'm thinking yeah. about like, when you 
when you calculate how much time you're spending on an activity, is it really worth it for you to do all of these things? Can you afford to begin to pay other people? But, but even bigger than that, something that you talked about, like you were so detached to the, to, you were attached initially to the outcome that you had to have this live event that you would invest it so much in. It's your baby, essentially. And at the moment that you were able to disconnect from that, it sounds like all the possibilities started to flow from that place, right? So like you were, I think that there's an energetic thing that happens when we're attached to something and it prevents flow and greater creativity from taking root. That's a very powerful concept that you're saying. I think particularly now, because all of us, in some way, shape, form, or fashion, or having to let go of something we were attached to. Mm. Because this entire experience is changed out of our control. Everything about it. And so whether it's the fact that you got to work from home and you got to juggle the fact that somebody else is upstairs or you got kids clawing at your, at your ankle, whether it's the fact that you've got to be on camera now and you don't like to be on camera, you know, it, whether it's the fact that you've got to really say, oh my gosh, I, I mean, I've had, I'm an entrepreneur and, you know, thankfully our business drives primarily on online content, but I'm still impacted. And there are many entrepreneurs, I think about photographers and event planners and people who are like DJs, they, they're dried up. They have no business now. Mm. And it is crisis on a whole nother level. And I will tell you a couple of things from an insight that, that really helped shape this. And I think it goes back to the power of your community. Why I love podcasts, what we do at, the, at Velvet Suite is we, my, my company is called Velvet Suite, we do the She Seed Summit, is we have a brand leadership institute where we bring women together in community, is that a lot of times we can't see our blind spots yes. and we're stuck. And I had a girlfriend who is a friend, but also a colleague. Um, in the midst of all of this, she called me and she was like, Melissa, she had this, you know, when your girl says, Melissa, she said, Melissa, <laughs> remember, you do crisis management, which I had had in my experience in running these brands. I've done crisis management for corporations in my career as an employee. And the moment she said that, it clicked. I was like, you know what? You're right. I know how to do this. It shifted from being personal and emotional to me stepping into my gift and my experience took over. And it's not something I do every day, but it became intuitive and it, and it clicked. And so what happened then is I said, okay, I have to lead. I've got to step back, look at my resources, the people, the volunteers, my team, and they're going to be, they're here, hands up, I'll help. But what are you asking them to do? So I had to literally that night step back and I spent from probably 11 PM when we got back from the hotel to 3 AM putting together the game plan. You're on point here you're on point here, you're on point here. By 9.30 p.m. a.m., this needs to be done. Everybody's got their tasks. And I didn't want to spend my morning doing that, but I knew that I had to delegate so that I could empower them to help us get over the, over the goal line. If we just would have all sat there together and kumbaya and let's just figure it out, we didn't have time. We, mm. we had to work, literally, we needed to be by 10 a.m., because we have people on the West Coast, we needed everyone who was a speaker, if they raised their hand, and these are high-powered executives, they're like, well, what am I going to practice? What, what am I going to say? Where am I going to be? So we needed to have, by 9.30 a.m. our time, emails out to all of them to let them know, here's the direction to the rest of the on how to prepare. 
So again, a lot to the point of your audience is a lot of times we, in these moments, we feel out of control and then we feel like we got to do it all of our, all our own. And we don't look at our network, right? Whether that's our girlfriends, our family, um, our colleagues, um, volunteers, people who are our neighbors, you know what I'm saying? Our neighbor took over our son. And I was thinking that I was not going to be able to have a three-year-old. My neighbor stepped up and literally we were at dinner the week before and I forgot my nanny was pregnant and she had her baby literally through all of this was happening. And I said, Oh my God, who's taking care of my son? Yes, <laughs> yes. And she raised her hand. She says, Oh, I'll help you. See? And I didn't even think to ask her. Oh, this is good. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because you think I got to do this. And then it's like, I don't want to fail. So I got to do it and I'm not going to fail versus, oh my gosh, can anyone help me? And people love to help. Mm. So it's just something that we have to learn in terms of balancing wellness and our health and our ability to, to thrive in what we do best is the biggest lesson I'm, I've continued to learn is that I have to master delegation. That's so important. Yeah, so I want to say a couple of things before I get into the, the next question. Um, I think it is so powerful what you said about how quickly we can forget that there are people in our lives that can help us, that can help to speak life into us, that can help to hold us accountable, that can help to us to remember that we actually have this skill set that we can apply, that we that whatever that that is. And I think that when we're in the midst of crisis, the ability to see that becomes that much more difficult. And so we have to be able to step a little bit outside of ourselves so that we can connect rapidly with the things and the skill sets that we need to connect with to be able to move forward and not lose momentum. And this, the She Suite Summit is such a beautiful example of that. There are just so many lessons chocked full in this one opportunity that you had. And it is about wellness, as you said, right? Because our community, our tribe is a form of our wellness practice. Relationships mm -hmm. are so important. And I also love what you said, like we're in this day and age, you know, where we've, you know, where COVID-19 has, um, the things that used to be important to many of us are not as important anymore, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so that's one of the beautiful things that have come from this, right? It's helping us to realign with what's actually most important. And I think from that place, is going if, if we pay attention to it, we're going to be able to do things that we never imagined possible within the confines of our work and within the confines of our lives. And so thank you so much for giving us um, uh, just everything associated with what you learn from being able to get the She Sweet Summit online in less than 36 hours. And I just want to celebrate that it was an immense success as well, right? So, so regardless what the outcome was, I just want to say that that's like the cherry on top, that it, you yeah. pulled it off successfully. Well, I would say this, that when there is a reward for perseverance, um, mm. a lot of times we think, uh, you know, the reward is that it was accomplished, but the reward is the gift that keeps giving, right? It's the fact, a lot of times I get asked the question and I recently um, did a keynote yesterday. As a matter of fact, that was supposed to be um, in person, but we ended up doing it virtually because of COVID. And one of the women on the call said, well, you just exude so much confidence. Like how, how do you do that? And I hear that a lot. And I will be honest with you. Um, I've 
probably my sister and I, I was always the more insecure one, you know, the less confident one and assertive. Um, but what I have learned to grow that for myself is that my enemy of, of my confidence was not my ability or my confidence. It really is my comfort. And when I recognize that if I can get out of my comfort zone, I get out of my way, I push myself in these places that are totally foreign to me, uncomfortable, and I would just much rather go back to what I know, that through that, that gift that I get of persevering through that is I develop a new level of confidence. Because I'm like, if I could do that, I can do this. Mm. And it, 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 it's something that we don't often realize as women is what is holding our confidence back is that we're staying comfortable. We're staying in places that we know very well versus stretching ourselves to get uncomfortable. I have this saying, I will be comfortable being uncomfortable. And I live that mantra. And every time I'm tested, I'm like, no, I don't want to do it. I'm going kicking and screaming. And I'm saying all other words that, you know, I, I don't want to say here, but I, <laughs> I, I still do it. I still do it because time under tension builds muscle. We know this is from, from wellness, right? You work out, I'm an athlete and I, I love to run and I hate to run because it's the tension, it's the pain, but it's also how I grow. And so we have to fall in love with that. And I think that's the beauty of the mind body business connection is we can create these connection points with physical wellness that then help us translate that to practical and business. Um, and so I just think it's a great opportunity for all of us. And I will share this too. I didn't want to forget because I can talk and sometimes forget to share the gift that I, I want to share. Um, the gift is that we pre created a case study around this experience um, and as well as a free e-course that anyone can download, whether you work for a company or maybe you're in HR and you can learn from our experience um, on how to pivot or you're an individual, you're an entrepreneur, you're an employee and you're trying to figure out how to pivot in this new virtual workplace. Um, we created a course um, as well as a recap video and really dived into per personal brand leadership in this era and how do you navigate your next in this time of transition and it's at velvetsuite.com it's suite like hotel s-u-i-t-e so velvetsuite.com forward slash ecourse and that is something that anyone um, in your audience can go and download on demand for free um, and i will coach you through our approach to how do you pivot um, within the new virtual workplace that is such a generous gift. Thank you for oh, the work that you put in, in putting all that together. And I know there are so many people that will be grateful that that tool is available for them. And with your permission, I would love to be able to blog about this and share it widely within our network. Oh, I would love to do that. We're all about paying it forward. I know there's tons of free content out there now because everyone's doing things virtually. But um, that actually was a part of our, our vivid vision for the She-Sweet Summit is um, to give generously. And that's, that's just how we, we do, that's our, how we operate our business. So happy to do it. That's amazing. And that's probably one of the reasons why you've had such a, such a successful career, right? Which, you know, we don't think that giving is a wellness practice, but actually giving is a tremendous wellness practice. You so, know what? You, you said a word that I just pause you right there because yes. things that's so important right now. I do a weekly Melissa motivation and I talked about it actually this week um, is the idea. And, and I talk about this also, I have a book called brand me and it's called the G2 principle give to get. And right now everyone 
the, the, the notion by human nature is to stop and to hoard. You see that with toilet paper and other things or to stop the flow. And I am a part of a business networking group and it was um, one of the experts was talking about extremely wealthy people. And one of the things that they believe in, why do they give so much in philanthropy? It's because they believe in the flow of currency, right? Mm. That you have to give and it comes back and give. If you stop that, then you block your ability to receive because you've stopped. It's a flow, it's a currency. It's money, it's called currency. So in this time more than ever, I'm finding ways, you know, if you don't have money, give your time, if you yes. don't have time, give your talent, give something because it's going to give the flow. We need the currency. We can't have the currency to stop because then we will have a system that's broken for everybody. Oh my gosh. So Melissa, I literally just blogged about this yesterday that, wow. you know, we may think that we don't have a lot to be grateful right. for during this time, but we do. And as we practice gratitude, mm -hmm. we find, and, and we find ways to give through this gratitude practice. And then the giving keeps coming back to us. And so I provided mm -hmm. some real examples of how this has played out in my life time and time again because we can never outgive the source, right? Absolutely. And so um, I just, oh, you are giving us so much today. This is going to be an extended <laughs> episode, Melissa. And oh, I'm sorry. I just, <laughs> no, no, do not, honey, do not yeah. apologize because you are giving us so much life uh, and you're not holding back anything. And so I know that our audience is going to be blessed by this. And yeah. um, I already have all these ideas bubbling about how I can further get the word out there about all the things that you're sharing, even beyond just um, our podcast, because your message is just too powerful. So that's why I asked you if I had your permission to blog about it, because that's one of the ways that I want to make sure that people can hear your perspective, because it's a perspective that's powerful, and I know that it's going to change people's lives. Oh, I, my honor, my honor, and I love the work that you're doing, Tamara. I think it's so timely, and the spirit of what you do it, I can already, oh, I can tell just from our interaction is truly genuine and authentic, and um, your audience is so blessed to have you giving these gifts, these pearls out, you know, on a regular basis, but particularly right now. So thank you. Thank mm. you. Oh, yes. Thank you. All right. So let's get into mindset. Now we both know that mindset plays such a significant role in how we see ourselves, what we feel is possible for ourselves and what action we're willing to take boldly. So why do you think mindset's important in general, but especially in the midst of COVID-19? And what strategies can we use to stay in the right mindset? Yeah, everything that is was shaped with a thought first. And then thoughts become words and words become action and action becomes habit and habit becomes behavior. And so the idea of the mind is something that often goes under... Um, and is undervalued. Um, but it's really, if you, if you think about the number of thoughts that you have in a day, how many of them are positive or constructive versus negative. And so when we were preparing for this um, program, I really had to check my, my mental space because it was very difficult for me to remain positive, even throughout the whole thing. I think just that getting to the actual event was so exhausting because there were so many... <laughs> things that were out there in the environment that were saying, this, this, this isn't going to happen. This is not going to happen. And I had to just continue to check my mindset every single day. 
some of the things that I do to do that is I, I am a strong believer. I'm a Christian, and so my faith is a staple to my identity. So I practice prayer, I practice meditation, I practice running, I listen to music, anything, um, other uh, books that I can read that are shaping positive conversation, and I try to limit the negative. So there's only so much news I can watch, there's only so many conversations I'll have around the world is coming to an end. I'm not clueless to the reality of our situation, but that is not empowering me to do what I need to do in my little space of the world to make a positive change. So I have to be very intentional about what I let in and what I keep out. And I think as I've done that consistently, it got me to the finish line. And it's just a practice that I try to do. Um, you know, my husband often, who, who's my purpose partner in life and in business, he says, you know, in the absence of information, the mind defaults to the negative. And so one of the things I always try to do is think about where can I get better clarity or information so that I'm not defaulting to a negative mindset um, in order to help me make a, a positive or, you know, an intentional decision. Yeah, yeah, that's so good. And I think, you know, as, as we're thinking about like the bottom line related to your response, it's this idea that we become what we are, right? We become in part what we put into our spirit. And so the fact that you're spending time praying and, you know, practicing spirituality and all the other things that you shared with us, it speaks volumes for how you're filling your own bucket so that you can be this boss related to your business, right? You, you're, you're doing amazing things. You're a mom to a three-year-old, as you shared with me earlier. You have a, a, a life partner who's also your business partner, and you've done really amazing work, the summit, and a number of other things that you're building. And I believe that one of the reasons why you're able to do it and to do it so seamlessly and graciously is because of all these practices that you just shared with us. Yes, practices and accountability. <laughs> yes, oh, that's good. Accountability. So any area that I want to sure up and have success, you know, I, I have a trainer. I have someone who helps me with delegating in terms of my food. I have a, a, a prayer partner, someone who holds me accountable there. My husband with my business. I'm a part of a business mastermind group, and I have an accountability meeting on Thursday for my business. You know, so it's not like I am just great at all of this stuff. No, I know myself well enough to know where I need support and where I need to not just have someone hear me say I have a goal or think about it, but to say, did you do this? Did you shift in terms of your behavior? And surrounding myself with those people and having those individuals in my life, it's what helps me stay accountable to, to creating the habits I want to have. That's so key. And so, you know, I know that sometimes people are really skeptical about investing in their development, the way in which you've talked about, right? Having a coach, having a trainer, et cetera, et cetera. And I love what you said about accountability because what research shows is that we're 30% more likely to execute with an accountability partner. And so if we're ever skeptical about making that investment to help us make changes in our lives, we have to look to people like yourself and 
mean, really anybody who's successful in life have invested in their own development in some shape or form to create that kind of accountability that you're talking about. And so, you know, that's so important. And I hope that folks who are listening, if they have any skepticism about investing, um, it is absolutely key. And anyone that we know that is doing really amazing work, anything that we're aspiring to do, those are all people that have hired people to help them to get there in some shape or form. Oh yeah, and even before I could hire, I would barter. Yes. So I mean, I look, it, it costs money to hire a lot of people to be helping you, right? And sometimes, in particular, in this environment, we don't have those luxuries. Um, but you can always, when you know your value, you can find a way to give your value in exchange for something else that someone else needs. So that's the power of knowing your brand is I've, I've, for the longest, I would, you know, I gave brand coaching services to my, to my trainer, you know what I'm saying? I worked with individuals who I was able to provide value and then they gave me something in return. So we've got to get creative in these days and times right now as well. That's so good. I'm glad that you said that, right? Because we do know that money can be a real barrier for people, especially during this time. And we don't want them to have a reason not to be able to get what they need to be able to propel them forward. So thanks for sharing that um, insight. Absolutely. Yeah. So you've worked with some major brands such as Procter & Gamble and iconic stars such as Mary J. Blige. Tell us how you were able to do that. That's so major, and <laughs> folks want to know. Well, you know what's funny <laughs> is I'm not someone who goes around and um, <laughs> talks about it a lot, and maybe I should. It's so funny. Just as a quick aside, I was on uh, a local station for um, talking about the She Suite, and they wanted to put up their celebrity branding person. I'm like, yeah, I've worked with celebrities, but I've done other things. And they're like, no, no, no. That's what's going to get people's attention. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well, we'll do that. We'll go with that. Um, but I will say that my, my background is I'm a classically trained marketer. I spent many years in various corporate roles doing marketing communications, Victoria's Secret, Nationwide Insurance, Procter & Gamble. My last corporate job was P&G before I started my business. Velvet Suite is my firm. I started it in 20, 2006. So early 2000s, I was working in cleaning, the cleaning category at Procter & Gamble. And I really began to create a niche for myself around products and personalities. Now, you got to go back to the early 2000s. It wasn't the Kardashians. It wasn't all of this internet, social media influencers. Um, there really was just advertisements on television shows. And P&G was the number one advertiser in the world. And I really was a pioneer in the space for that organization around creating partnerships with celebrities film properties, music labels that connected our products in untraditional ways. So in doing that, that was where some of those relationships happened. 2006, I left P&G and um, began to build my own practice, Velvet Suite, at that time. And um, in a lot of ways, I had other celebrity clients, I won't name them out specifically, but in some instances, it was very unconventional. Um, one celebrity, I pitched myself at a concert, another one at an, uh, a national conference. Um, I just knew that I needed to leverage my value and, they, and I knew that I could help them. And so I had to get comfortable being uncomfortable and position myself to sell and pitch my value. They did not know me from Adam. <laughs> yeah. and, and I literally did that. I closed endorsement deals for them. I created strategic partnerships for them. And we have great relationships, um, even still. 
So it, to me, it doesn't matter if you're a celebrity or quote unquote non-celebrity. Um, I specialize in helping extraordinary people discover their authentic value. And um, that's just what I do every day. Yeah, that's, that's major because what you said is so simple. It's so doable, right? I mean, of course, we have to be present. We've got to put ourselves out there. We have to be networking. And we have an opportunity to interface with someone that we want to work with, that we feel that we can help. We have to have enough courage to be able to put ourselves out there and just say it because we don't know how it's going to land. And a no is always going to be a no if we never pursue it. But yeah. if you pursue it, there's a 50% chance that you're going to get to a yes. And in many cases, you got to a yes and have been able to do trailblazing work along the way with iconic folks. And so I just, I just think that that's major. And my hope is that um, folks who are listening really um, take this to heart that, you know, there's a jump off point for all of us and there's nothing wrong with putting ourselves out there because we don't know what it's going to yield as a result. A hundred percent. And I, and I say this, I stand on a mountain of no's to get to one. Yes. I didn't mm. have, have time to talk about all the no's I got. <laughs> Come on. But the right. Yes. It's all that made the difference. And um, and one of the things that I quote that I love on that, and I just want to speak to your audience just to encourage them right now with um, this quote that I think is by um, Robin, gosh, I can't remember her name right now, but uh, she's the author of the five second rule, the five second rule, uh, Mel Robbins. Mm -hmm. And I think the quote is, I was given this mountain to show others that it can be moved. Mm. And a lot of times, you know, we get so discouraged by the mountain. And that's why I'm very authentic and transparent about my mountain, because the only reason I'm here is to show you that it could be moved. So whatever that mountain is that your audience is facing, someone here is listening to, um, I hope that my little stories will help inspire you to know that the mountain can be moved and you're going to share it with someone else and they're going to be able to move their mountain. I love it. And I think that that's actually going to be our topic uh, for our podcast episode, because um, that just that just that just really resonated with me. I could feel that I could really feel that energetically. And so thank you for for gifting us with that. Absolutely. All right. So as we get ready to wrap up, um, I want to just explore the fact that you've devoted your career to helping women take their careers and their personal lives to the next level. What is it about women that draws you to work with that? Um, you know, it's interesting because I have had so many amazing male mentors in my life and men who have played an awesome role. I have an, an outstanding father. I have an amazing husband and I am a mom of four boys. We have a blended family. So well, men play a strong role in my life. Um, however, I have found, number one, I, I really love being a woman. I, I think it's God's gift to me, um, even though it does come with some other challenges, but I love it. Um, and I also believe that there is a challenge for women around the hidden barriers to us um, leading our leadership, which I call it four C's, the four C's of hidden, bar hidden barriers of leadership, <clears throat> which often we don't get addressed. And um, clarity, confidence, competence, and connection. And that model to me was resonant in me as, as a leader. Um, I didn't have a safe place to have a conversation about it at work. Um, I think about it in my head. I ponder it in my heart. 
you know, maybe talk to a girlfriend about it at home. It was never in the work environment. And so I think that now more than ever, women are really, you know, heightened in terms of visibility and awareness of the woman brand, particularly for professionals. But that definition has been societal created as a society is trying to create our identity, you know, what we should be, how we should do it, shaming, blaming, all of this stuff. Um, but then the self-identity of how we see ourselves is not really talked about. And that is where I want to create, and we have, we have a brand leadership institute, which is um, an online 24-week leadership accelerator. It's a community where we bring together uh, women to address the self-identity of who she is and how does she leverage the brand building formula that I use for my celebrities, for everyday individuals that I've used for myself and I talked about in my book, Brand Me. It's a program that's very intentionally designed over 24 weeks and I walk you through uh, an online experience with community to help women redefine who they are, what they want, where they're going and how they're gonna get their value. Um, we've seen amazing outcomes. 32% of the women who go through the program um, are promoted in 12 months. We've had 80% retention. We've had 100% of our women graduate what we call MVPs, which is living on mission, vision, and purpose. Um, and it's really about that blending of work and well-being. So it's a total life picture. And a lot of times we just never had, no one even has asked us to stop and, and figure this out. We're just going down the treadmill of life. And as we add all these new titles, whether it's career or whether it's personal or whether it's a familiar titles, we just get overwhelmed and we're, ex we're overextended, we're undervalued. And so I just think it's something that's been very impactful for me. And then I've seen the impact that we've had on hundreds of women who graduated from our program. Mm. Oh, that's so amazing that you're giving women a blueprint to be able to excel in their careers and excel in life. That's just, uh, it's so in line with the work that we're doing. And uh, once again, I can't thank you enough for taking time out to be on the show. You've just given us life. You've given me life today. And I know that you've given life to so many of our um, listeners. So um, Melissa, I want to make sure that our folks can stay in touch with you. So how, they, how can they go about doing that? Yes. Thank you again for this opportunity. It's been a fun. It's been refreshing. It's been a nice pick me up in the middle of my day. So thank you for that. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so my website for our company, which is Velvet Suite, is velvetsuite.com. -E and then if you want that free e-course, it's velvetsuite.com forward slash e-course. Um, and then on social, um, the best way to reach me through Instagram is Melissa Dawn Simpkins. Facebook, Melissa Dawn Simpkins, no P, S-I-M-K-I-N-S. And um, Twitter, the MDS brand. Awesome. So you heard it here, everybody. Make sure that you check out Melissa, the phenomenal work that she's doing. Get into those free resources. I know I'm definitely going to be checking them out. And um, I know that this is not going to be the last time that we'll interface. I just have a feeling that I was uh, destined to connect with, with this woman. Absolutely. With you, Melissa, you've just been amazing. And so uh, listeners, thank you so much for being a part of the Be Well Beautiful Woman tribe. I appreciate you so so much just know that my thoughts and prayers are with all of you i'm hoping that um covet 19 has not um taken the wind beneath your 
wings and that uh, if it has, just listening today has helped you to be able to pick it back up. As you know, you can follow us on Twitter along with Instagram at the letter B, well, beautiful. Make sure that you're subscribed to our e-news at Be Well, Beautiful Woman. That's B-E, well, beautiful woman.com. Until next time, everybody, Ashe.